This is the Mohead Y'all Show, showcasing the newest and oldest beer style. Heady conversations. Behind the scenes clips. And subscriber exclusives. Do you like craft beer? We, we do, do too. too. I'm Ann Million Blair. And I'm Deacon Brother Trent. Get ready to pour, pour heavy. heavy. What's going on, guys? <laughs> oh. Man, we are in some almost like a Willy Wonka of beer almost, right? Man, you aren't wrong about that. I'm seeing bright lights and shiny vessels. And underglows. <laughs> All of the underglows. <laughs> Who do we got with this? Man, we got some good people. We're here at Hard Work. That's right. We got, we're here at Hard Work, and we have my man, Dan. Hey, how's it going, everyone? How you doing? Indeed. And we also have Aubrey. Aubrey, yes, that's me, married to Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just hop on in. So um, speaking of that, let's kind of get your guys' origin stories and kind of how you guys met and uh, how you guys kind of got into the industry. Well, I'll let Dan talk about his childhood, upbringing, all that. But ultimately, we met at Fort Stewart, Georgia in oh, wow. the Army. Um both of us were part of 3rd Infantry Division down there. Thank you for your service, both of you. I no. appreciate that. Facts. It's, uh, and so ultimately, we were set up by people that we knew in the Army. They kept trying to kind of throw us together, and it worked. And you just you never would have thought, the two of us being very different. You know, I'm very um, kind of uptight, square. Square, uh, you two? Get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was, I was raised by an Army dad and a Korean mom, and... Um, very differently and um, and Dan's like you know metal punk tattoo <laughs> uh, you know Pittsburgher uh, so I think we used to always joke that uh, neither of us would have dated each other in high school like it's just not the same vibe but uh, but it really worked and and I moved after the army I moved to Nashville Tennessee area uh, for following my corporate business career and and then Dan came along when he uh, got out of the army and that's really where his brewing story started. So. I'm a little. I'm. I'm curious about this setup game. <laughs> when you were talking about your friends that you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. obviously they saw something that you didn't see. Well, you know, it was funny. They. I think the, the biggest setup that they did was they said, "Hey, we're gonna go drive to Jacksonville to eat at this Brazilian churrascaria." And I like, you know, green card means go. I like to eat those steaks. Mm -hmm. So I drove 90 minutes to the steakhouse, and this couple had Dan with them, and they didn't tell me. Uh -huh. And then they made some excuse, like they had to stay in Jacksonville, and I needed to drive him 90 minutes back. Oh, you um, got set up for real. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, they'd, they'd go on a fishing trip, and I'm invited, and he's there. I'm invited to dinner, and he's there. Um, so they did see something, and... And ultimately, you know, when I moved, I think we both kind of thought that would be the end of it. Mm. Um, but neither of us wanted to quit. So we moved. Man, that's but, awesome. Yeah. Found a good piece of meat over a piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd agree with you. Agree with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm from Bloomington. So when my dad got out of the Army, he wanted to move back uh, to Indiana, which was home. And Bloomington was the closest town to where he grew up that had mm. Korean groceries. So my oh, mom's from born and raised in Seoul and she immigrated okay. when she was 23 and where dad grew up was just too rural for her. So Bloomington it was. All right. Wow. What a great story. That is a great story. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Holy smokes. How about you, Dan? Oh, so 
She's talked about how we met as far as the brewing goes. Um, grew up outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, just mm. a dead steel town. Okay. Um, you a Steelers fan? Yeah, you have to be by default. But yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, more into yeah. the Penguins. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like hockey. That's yeah. yeah, I like yeah. hockey, yeah. too. Red Wings. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. But, yeah, grew up there. Um, just drank crappy beer. I had a buddy who, at 15, had a mustache so he could go in. And buy he buy old English forties and me. stuff like that. Old <laughs> English yeah. brother. Yes. So I mean that's kind of what we were drinking, and then you know Natty Light, Bud Light, whatever was cheap. Uh, around nineteen or twenty, I was with my buddies, and we weren't getting. We were in the city in Pittsburgh, weren't getting beers easy, so we went to a homebrew store and started homebrewing from there. Tried some Sierra Nevada, and then really just changed my taste on beer and how much better it could be. Um, All right. Yeah, I did a few those brew in a bag like box sets. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then after that, I started getting all grain and just kind of messing around with it. So before I went into the military, we'd brew probably twice a month, something like that. Me and my buddies would do it pretty often. Um, got into the military, didn't brew as often. But when I was getting out, like she said, she was moving to Nashville. And I had a buddy who opened a brewery in 2010 in Texas. And I was thinking of going to work for him. Mm. But then things worked out pretty well with us, so um, just moved up there, started going around cleaning kegs and you know unpaid right. internships right. and yeah, yep. yeah, just kind of working around and <clears throat> getting right. a feel for it. Yeah, you got. I mean, you have a pretty decent uh, background. So you you uh, brewed at Beard Iris, right? Yes, in yep. Yazoo. Mm-hmm. And what was the other one? You uh, Mantra was another Mantra, one, but right. yeah, they aren't around anymore. Okay. And there was one before that as well that isn't really around. And so. what was that? Uh, Turtle Anarchy. Oh, okay, that's, that's, a, that's a great Anarchy. name. Yeah, <laughs> that was a in great like name. Twenty twelve to. Probably 2014, I would say. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So, what was like the uh, besides you know brewing at home and and drinking you know Santa What was like the the real aha moment? Like, oh, I could, I could do this professionally. Like, I think I could do this. Yeah. When um, Turtle Anarchy was the one I did the internship okay. at, and just you know going in there, uh, you know more old school brewer, but really helpful. Um, yeah, and just working with him and working on all the stuff okay. and getting to mess around with it I thought like oh man I really enjoy this a lot so yeah something I'd like to get into more well uh, me <clears> and <throat> brains and I'm sure Ant is too we're, we've we've all been to beard iris and yazoo and oh, they're, yeah. they're great beers so it's kind of neat to uh kind of see a little bit of history behind that here in Bloomington so that's pretty cool mm-hmm. um so um what what's what was the what's behind the name Heartwork? yeah I'm curious about yeah. that myself oh, no, I she, like the logo too the logo's mm-hmm. real dope no, she's saying I'm um, metal and punk. Uh, it's one right. of my favorite albums, uh, Carcass, Heartwork from the mid-90s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. The name of the band is Carcass? The name of the band yeah. is Carcass, we'll yeah. We'll listen to them on the way home. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, so let's talk about the beer. Um, what, what makes you brew these particular styles? So my thought on a brewery is I want to keep a wide variety on for everyone to try. Sure. Um, I don't think it's a great model just be like, hey, I'm just going to brew stuff for me to drink. Right. Um, so I'll always brew like lagers and everything. Uh, that's what I like to drink. But we do want to keep a good good selection around for everyone. Sure. So I like to mess around with different styles and stuff as well. Right. Um, kind of get more into about your, your lucre tabs. 
because those aren't really those aren't around here the only place that i've really seen that is two toms and they only have one they barely use it every often but you guys Mm -hmm. have two dedicated taps all the time right yes yes um so i knew i always wanted to do at least a german pilsner and mess around with different lagers as well so well right now i have three on Right. Thank um, you. Yes, yeah. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I worked at a place with those old roto taps, which were really nice. I thought mm-hmm. they did a very good uh, pour for the foam and head. Um, I'm right. not sure if you've ever seen those, the Euro style yeah, roto taps. I have, yeah, I have seen okay. those. Those are really cool. So yeah. then I started reading a little bit more about the Lucre taps. And bef- when we were setting up, I was just like, oh, this might be really cool, you know, seeing how it's just like supposed to give like dense, wet foam. Right. Because there's a it difference, would be right, between wet and dry foam, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean the wet foam gives it the more creamy and it's kind of a sweeter you know and i was telling you not too long ago they have milk pours yes um, where it's basically just nothing but the foam and it's got that really rich smooth and creamy feel yeah the most head y'all yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah we could do one of those for you here yeah we probably have to yeah yeah absolutely we'll have to do that (laughs) yeah Yes, sir. So we've got yes. Let's hurry up and get this done. (laughs) (laughs) So you're the head brewer, uh, also the founder, Mm -hmm. right? And then Aubrey is the co-founder. And then we have also Jeff, right, who is also a a co-founder, correct? Yeah. So this was sort of the uh, coming together of two Bloomington families. So um, Mm. like I said, I'm from, I claim Bloomington as my hometown because as a military brat, like when you live somewhere from age 10 to 18, that's a lifetime. Um, and mm-hmm. I grew up, I actually met Jeff, I was 13. And so I grew up uh, oh, wow. friends with his eldest sister. Um, my sister is best friends with his next sister. Um, and so those families, we've known each other for you know 20 plus years. And uh, they, the Browns, uh, Jeff's parents, they always host a, a really good holiday party. Shout out Gail is the hostess with the mostest. Shout She's always got Gail. a great spread, Gail. And uh, so we would go to their holiday party, and I knew that Jeff um, was interested in craft beers. He just was, I mean, he's a musician. He was part of the kind of that Seattle scene. He lived in Seattle. Oh, nice. And so when we'd have these homecomings, I, you know, get together for the holidays, I would say to Dan, you know, you know, bring a bottle, bring something. Um, and he and Jeff really connected over that. Um, and so when we moved back to Bloomington in January of 2020. Super weird time to move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Dan and I moved here and uh, I had reconnected with the family. Jeff had moved back. You know, in Bloomington, we call it the Bloomerang because a lot of people come here right, for it. school Bloomerang. or whatnot and then they come back. Yeah. And so Jeff and I both had Bloomeranged and uh, we just started having those conversations and realizing that. You know, Dan had this had this brewing talent. Jeff is, I mean, he's just hospitality born and bred. He grew up, you know, his family is in the restaurant industry. He'd run a tap room, a really great tap room in Seattle. Um, he had all of this knowledge kind of front of house. And uh, that's, that's sort of, I mean, a great partnership opportunity right there. And, um, you know, one thing Dan didn't talk about with his home brewing experience is that, you know, he really wasn't just making the recipes off the cards with those kits and things like that. I mean, we have a library of books. He's, um, I kind of joke that he's like a microbiologist, chemist, uh, mad scientist with those recipes. And so we probably had, what, hundreds of recipes that you had saved up and not brewed at other places, just waiting for other people. And um, so that's sort of when the families came together and um, that's where Heartwork started. 
they kind of sound like a, a Megatron. We're Voltron. They're Megatron, yeah. right? Or the Transformers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or you know, or a Power Rangers. So that's really that's a great story. Um, so I want to admit that. That might be one of the cleanest breweries, if not the cleanest brewery I've ever seen. One hundred percent. So cheers to, uh, to you guys, um, because it's it's obviously it's nothing but you have to be clean. Um, what I <laughs> I always joke is you know brewing is obviously eighty percent cleaning, twenty uh, percent fun. And when I used to work over at Swanzix, I just say I was just a professional janitor. So I mean, <laughs> so but uh, tell us a little more about your system, kind of where you got it, and all that kind of good stuff. So it's a five barrel alpha brew op system. I was looking around, I've worked on Premier, Sprinkman, uh, Specific Mechanical, a few different systems. And then I talked to a couple of breweries in Pittsburgh, got it, uh, Dancing Gnome. And, oh um, yeah, Dancing mm-hmm. Gnome. Dancing Gnome and uh, Grist House, they each had those and I was talking to them about it. Um, they really liked it and looking at the price point, it was very, <clears throat> you know, not on super high end, sure, not it's on affordable, very low end, right. yeah, but it's yeah. more affordable. Uh, so I got, I wanted a seam system so I could do step mashes. Plus, it's also just a lot nicer to get to your boil quicker with sure. that. When you uh, talk about step mashes, help help the uneducated. Uh, so it depends on, like, what style you're doing. But usually, like, for loggers, traditionally, you would start mashing in at, say, 140 degrees. But then let it rest for 30 minutes. And you want to step it up okay. and bring it to, say, 150 degrees. Okay. Rest. Yeah, so yeah. You, could, you have that option there okay, on got that it. system. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Then I also had a third vessel, a Whirlpool, that's water jacketed, so I could mm. do cool down for my hot petitions on mostly New England stuff. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, that helps a lot with that style too, because it's all mostly all non-boil or all Whirlpool or mm. dry hot petitions. So having oh, a, true. So having an extra vessel as a Whirlpool really helps for those said styles. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Might be the only brewery I've seen with underglow on it. Yeah, I know. They just they they set that up. I really? didn't order oh, okay. that. That just all that's right. standard on all their system. Yeah, no dope. Kid. Yeah, that's like standard that. on all their system. Fast mm-hmm. and Furious of uh, brewing vessels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself having thoughts like this? Man, I would really enjoy having a few drinks tonight, but I'm not trying to fork over my hard-earned money or Uber or Lyft to take me somewhere just for the sake of being a responsible adult. I guess I'll just sit in FOMO and live vicariously through my friends on social media. Or thoughts like this? It would be so cool if I had enough space to host all my friends for dinner and beers, but my current crib isn't really set up to show off my culinary processes. Your current situation doesn't have to be your final destination. Buying a home has crossed my mind. I'm not sure where to start. Van Hoy Real Estate is here to meet all of your needs. You can expect an artistic and cultured yet safe and strategic vantage on your next transaction. But well, mohead y'all listeners, Van Hoy Real Estate works out of Keller Williams Area 812. Buying a home is a legitimate investment usually the biggest investment people make in their lives. You deserve a realtor that understands that. Let Van Hoy Real Estate help you navigate all of your home buying dreams. Give them a call at 812-900-2823 or visit taylorvanhoy.kw.com. Van Hoy Real Estate, your home, your investment, your realtor. Working the hardest to put you on the map. And then um, also I just I built in a RO system so I could just build the water yes. from for each profile for what right. I'm doing. So that that's a huge thing. RO systems. I used to work at um, 
black dog for a little while. We mm-hmm. had an RO system, and that, and I didn't really understand how detrimental an RO system was until then because it, it really just completely makes the cleanest water ever. Oh, yeah. Ever. Uh, you, can, you can drink it straight off the, the faucet, and it's the cleanest water you'll ever have. It's almost like drinking air. It's so clean. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so we have a little water station up front, a little kegerator, and I'll just pull my uh, – RO water off my cold liquor tank and mm-hmm. keg it off and put it up there. That's so smart. you could try it. Yeah. It's right. Yeah. yeah you a lot should. different. Yeah. It's a lot different than tap water mm-hmm. or just yeah, even, just, or just even just regular water that you would use for your brewing set. It's, it's way different, more superior in my opinion. Cause it breaks down all the molecules and then you have to build it right back up and then you can kind of change. Like you said, you can change it to different profiles for different set styles right i did read a little bit about that yeah because when you strip it down to the the bare minimum then you can modify it for the styles of beers that you're brewing yes absolutely yeah yeah i mean i I could show you my water report but like the carbonate level here was like 760 parts per million and i get it down to zero so oh wow water's really hard hard here. here That's what I understand. Yeah. That it's good for stouts, but if you brew yeah. anything yeah, the else, it's good for stouts around here for sure. But mm-hmm. with all that lime and all the kind of on a, all the underground aquifers, it's not really clean. So you mm-hmm. have to really strip it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in as as far as I can tell from the beer that I'm drinking, the water Pretty is clean. making a difference. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's go into this uh, talk about the epidemic in craft beer right now oh. with shitty service and not proper glassware or having a rent station or dirty gl- no knowledge to limited or knowledge. no knowledge about any of the the beer that they're serving and that's one thing that you guys are not doing you're not part of the epidemic if anything you're you're helping to stop that you have a, you have a rent station you have the proper pours you have the proper glassware the people behind the bar are knowledgeable behind the beer uh, the service was really good when we were here last time. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing to complain about. So kudos to all you guys. So we really appreciate that. And how does that integrate into like the business that you want to create and the front facing company to the public? You know, I think that the you have to give you have to give credit to the breweries that are starting up in in their various communities. It's the story is changing, I think, from home brewers turning pro, where there's a huge learning curve, mm, to good point. folks that have brewed at other places. You know, we have friends um, in Seattle that um, they have a brewery called Bizarre Brewing. And, um, mm. you know, their brewer, he had worked at Holy Mountain. And so you're starting to mm. see more brewers like Dan, I think, that you've got that experience on different equipment, things like mm. that. So there's a huge learning curve. And so I think a lot of those breweries are kind of trying to find their way and find their their identity. Uh, Dan has been talking about having his own brewery for for so long. I think you get to form that identity, you know, pick the equipment, and I think out the gates probably have a really great quality beer because you've brewed at a professional level and high scale. Uh, When it comes to our service and our staff, we very intentionally train our staff. Thank you. Thank you. We were just in here, you know, on a Monday night, Every single staff member here sitting up at the bar, and Dan is giving us off-flavor tasting. It was the worst. Oh. I hated it, it's y'all. Such a great I time. just, you know, but it's it was one of those things where we right. want them if they're pouring a beer, if they can smell something that's off, they're going to talk to Dan and Jeff yep. and be like, "What's oh going on?" God. If a you know if a customer says this tastes funny, they're going to be able mm-hmm. to take a sip mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. understand. Um, and I think Dan and Jeff 
when it comes to hospitality and beer training, right out the gates before anybody um, got to serve a customer, they got that training and that background. Man, I think a lot of breweries in general need to take notes on, on these guys. You ain't wrong, brother. <laughs> that's all I gotta say. <laughs> and that that's such a testament. We we've talked about it so many times. It's it's really the training and the knowledge. You know, it's the training and the knowledge. And we and talked about that with the knowledge. kids. Yes. You know, it's, it's, and the, and the it's literally it's literally imparting that knowledge forward and making sure that people know what's going on so that they can be their best for the people who are walking in and out of those doors. There's caring, been caring enough to provide it to the people you're paying to serve. You have to care products. as well. Yeah. You have so to care. I, I appreciate that part mm-hmm. for sure. Cause working in the service industry, knowing that I needed to know those things and having to seek them out for myself so that I could be the best beer tender I wanted to be for my customers and having no regard to the people that I was working for, working with, they, they never so I'm um, kudos to you guys for providing that for your employees it's great I also think that being new you know the pressure sort of on you I ain't don't, wrong I yeah. feel like the the public and their palates they're not giving you the same amount of runway that they did 10 years ago to get Good it point. right yeah and you know every one of our staff members our beer tenders they signed up to work with us because they wanted to be with a brewery from the very beginning they wanted to grand open the brewery uh, and so every one of them I think showed up to us with intention uh, and they've really really gelled very quickly to have this sort of brewing family uh, right out the gates i like that you said brewing family yeah talk about how you look at your at building a team you know what 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 was your thought process in building the team for this brewery uh, so as far as we think anyone could be very trainable, um, so it's really just about if the willingness to learn and wanting to learn more. Uh, some people came in with more experience than others. So we, what we wanted to do was just make sure that everyone here was on the same page of what we're trying to do. We just want to, I'm going to try and continue, and like I've only brewed. 15 times on that system. I really haven't dialed it in yet. I'm still working on all my batches, but I'm just sure. going to try to improve and make every beer better and better with each time I do it. Right. So we just want people to realize who work here, like that is what we're trying to do. We're trying to make the best beer we can. Um, we need some some wiggle room here and there. Accidents sure. will happen, oh, issues yeah. happen. Sure. But um, we want all our staff just on the same page. Like we want to make sure it's a, a great environment for people to come into, be very welcoming, helpful to everyone. Um, Walking through if they're not sure what they would like, type thing, and just be able to give some suggestions about everything. Yeah, I was gonna say we we think feedback is a gift, um, and 100%. so we uh, not only do we interact with folks, um, but we talk to them in the tap room. We've had folks that have sort of become regulars, and we say, is there enough? cinnamon in this is there mm-hmm. enough um, you know happening here uh, not to mention given the name of the podcast is that we look at social media to see if we've got the proper head on those beers come on girl so when you have user come on girl we're using user generated content the industry term there but using that to not only improve our pores but to actually show our staff that's where jeff is crucial to this business is that Jeff he's he's looking at everything um, he's taking the feedback we've we talk about that at our staff meetings and and we go from there continuous improvement that's something I can really appreciate because like we always talk about there's not enough breweries out there that do what they're doing 
especially being a brand new brewery coming out the gate you guys have fantastic beer i'll just say that like just i mean there's a there's a lot of breweries that we've had brand new that do not have great beer at all and you guys have fantastic i mean everything's clean um it's it's crystal um the, the profiles of all the different flavors for all the different beers you have a huge ar- array um, you're, you're doing the different faucets so it's just uh, like i said people need to be taking notes on hard work yeah oh, really appreciate it you're that. welcome and continue trying keep it going keep it moving I'm and sure improve every yeah. step of the way yeah yeah man what a great story um so what what would uh, what made you guys come to this building in this location so we really wanted something that was accessible Thanks for hanging out, y'all. Yo, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Patreon. Patreon. Remember to enjoy responsibly. Take care of each other. And always pour heavy. heavy.